Welcome to the Spring Forward Podcast. I'm your host, Spring Richardson Perry, the organizational change agent that is going to help your business achieve the excellence you desire. If you're a business leader looking to take your business to the next level or simply looking for new ways to spring your business forward, then this is the podcast for you. So let's get down to business and spring forward into excellence. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the Spring Forward Podcast. Today, I am so excited to have Miss Erica Reed with us as we talk about trauma-informed leadership. And so Ms. Erica Reed, she is a licensed clinical social worker um, and she is a psychotherapist and workplace wellness expert that specializes in helping people managers lead with trauma-informed empathy so that they can more effectively engage a stressed out and burned out workforce. This perspective considers the unique lived experiences of both the leader and the employee and how stress and trauma impact an organization's culture of belonging and psychological safety. So Ms. Reed's training, coaching, and consulting services are provided with the proprietary Lens Solution Framework, which is so appropriate as we dive into uh, part three of our Leaders Lens series. Um, and so this, this framework takes an innovative approach to teaching emotional intelligence, trauma-informed leadership, communication skills, and self-leadership. So again, I am so excited to have her on here today um, so that we can dig right in. And this goes right along with the other two parts that we were talking about before. We talked about emotional intelligence, and we've also talked about um, in the previous Leaders Lens, conflict resolution. And so this is right on time in terms of how trauma-informed leadership empowers leadership teams. So um, welcome, Miss Erica. How's it going? It is going well. Thank you so much for inviting me to share this moment with you. I am excited to dig in um, because this is, you know, this is something that we don't talk about too often, especially um, as we think about psychological safety in the workplace. Um, and so I really want to give folks an understanding of what this is and what this means. So tell me what is trauma-informed leadership? Well, you know, trauma-informed leadership really, as you mentioned, understands and takes into consideration that we bring our whole selves to work. Rather, we wear a label and a name tag to say this is all the stuff that we carry with us or not. It is present and it shows up in the way we engage, the way we interact. It shows up in our decision making. You know, that that argument that you had with your significant other on your way out the door it walked into work with you and that, you know, grief and loss challenge that you're still trying to figure out how to heal from, it walked into work with you. So we come as a whole lived experience. And if people who are designed and de designated to be leaders don't understand how to engage and motivate and coach with that level of understanding, then that's where the toxic workplaces come into play. And we don't want that. 
Absolutely. And we've been seeing more and more of this called out lately um, in terms of these toxic workplaces because people want to feel safe at work. I mean, we spend what a third of our day at work, eight hours, there's what, 24 hours in a day. So that's literally a third of our day um, in our workplace. And we want to feel safe there. It's almost like a second home. Mm -hmm. And so when we don't feel safe, that's when all the toxicity starts to come out. And we start to see these negative interactions, we start to get this just this whole negative vibe in the culture of work. And so um, I'm interested to know in doing the work that you do as you work with organizations, as you work with individuals, um, how do you see this manifest in the workplace? Well, you may see um, employees who come in and they may you know, have had some type of challenge and they may have voiced this challenge or they may not have, but it's showing up in the way that perhaps they're performing. So a lot of times we may see a decline or a change in the person's productivity. And because this manager, this people manager just looks at the output, the outcome, and then judges that employee because of it, now there becomes a, a disciplinary measure as opposed to, for example, having a conversation with the employee to say, hey, you know, I, I noticed a, a change in, in the way that you've been showing up or in your mood or even how you are participating in meetings. And I just wanted to take a minute and have a conversation and see what's going on and how I can support you. Instead of people taking that moment and practicing empathy, they become harsh and judgmental and critical. And that does not feel safe for someone who's already hurting. It actually makes the hurt worse. So we're talking about, I'm coming in, say I, I just, me and my husband just had an argument this morning. I walk into work, I'm already angry, I'm mad, and I'm lashing out on people and my productivity for that day and essentially for the following days because this has kind of sat with me for the week now is 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 declining and so now my supervisor is coming to me and my supervisor is saying well what's going on because your productivity is declining or maybe they don't even come to me and talk to me right because if they come to me and talk to me they can fig they can figure out what's happening and then be more empathetic towards the way that they lead the team. But instead, they come to me and say, well, you didn't meet these targets and your attitude has been horrible this week. And so we're writing you up for this. Right. And then that builds up that resentment. Mm -hmm. And then it starts to build this this negative environment at work. Right. Because then I start to lash out on my coworkers. I start to be resentful towards my supervisor because I'm like, well, you didn't ask me what was wrong. I'm mad because blah, 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 blah. And I'm trying to work and I'm trying to comb through this situation and nobody cares. And, and so I'd like, I, I totally get that. And I'm wondering how do we, how do we train our leaders to recognize these things and to be open enough to go to their 
their direct reports, or even if it's not a direct report, but you're a leader and this is someone um, who's uh, perhaps a subordinate and figure out what the problem is and try to work through it instead of simply reprimanding and moving on. What, what does that look like? How do we um, effectively train our leaders to do that? Yeah, and I, I love that question because it definitely is one that I wish more more organizations would ask because that is it's needed. It's needed to help managers get that understanding, that that skill, that tools, um, that toolkit to do so. You know, because and and that's actually part of the framework that I that, that the lens framework that I mentioned um, because it's first really about understanding, learning how trauma and stress show up, right? Because if we're being real, it wasn't about that fight that the person, that employee had with the spouse. It's about what that fight meant to them and why it continues to sit with them and marinate in their spirit for a whole week, right? It's like (laughs) there's been some other things that have happened in this person's life that this fight just kind of pulled the Band-Aid off. And a lot of times leaders don't quite recognize that things are a cumulative process, not just a one and done. So part of it is helping them understand how to recognize um, when things are showing up, whether it's burnout, whether it's stress, whether it's trauma. A lot of those things are overlapping. But a lot of times, you know, leaders will say, well, I'm not a therapist. I'm not going to sit there and try to delve all in their business. You know, I don't want people to report me to HR. It's like, okay, that's cool. Don't be a therapist, but be a person with empathy and compassion. You can express care without getting in someone's business. So that is definitely um, something that I love to help managers learn to do is these are the right questions to ask and these are the wrong questions to ask. <laughs> this is a great time and these are the wrong times to have these type of conversations. <laughs> so really helping them along those along those lines, like even just a general question. Hey, I noticed that um, you seem to be a bit off today. Anything that I can support you with? You didn't delve into their business. You didn't ask them for any detail, just how you could support them. And sometimes that makes a world of difference. I love that. It definitely does. Just simply, hey, I noticed you're not yourself today. What can I do to help? I love that. Um, and I think that's what that's the part right there that we're missing. And I don't know if maybe the human connection has changed a bit since the onset of the pandemic where we've been more um, isolated and not necessarily um, in tune to that to that human connection the way that we were before. Not saying that we need to be in person to have that connection because you can certainly have a connection um, through the video chats and um, you know message boards like Slack and, and Boxer and things like that. Um, you can certainly foster those those types of relationships as well. But where it, it's almost like we almost lost the humanness mm-hmm. of being a leader. And I'm I'm it just I'm just wondering where at what point did we lose that? So I don't know. That's mm-hmm. something that's kind of been sitting with me on my mind. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, you know, I think we lost it a while ago, right? But I do agree with you that the total shift, the sudden shift did exacerbate it, where everyone was trying to figure out this new norm of working virtually. And with that, the 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 whole emphasis on having boundaries. Um, so then that became a whole new thing. But I don't want to encroach on someone's boundaries and they're at their home and I don't want to, you know, comment on their background because they told me that I shouldn't get too personal and respect people's space. So it became a whole list of don'ts that became the mantra and it created fear. So managers are like, I better not say anything because I'm afraid of saying the wrong thing. <laughs> So better to say nothing. What what does your mom always tell you? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> and that became what the managers, people managers, leaders started telling themselves without realizing, hey, if I'm messing up, if I'm not performing to the best of my ability and you don't give me the feedback I need to grow and develop, you're just stunting my growth. You're holding me back. So as a manager, it's, it's their responsibility as your as a, as a leader to learn how to have these conversations because otherwise you could be blocking someone else's success because you as a leader were afraid to say something. Oh yes, now see that digs even deeper into this, right? Because now we're talking about the growth and development of employees. And so without without digging into um you know what's happening with the employee without this sort of empathetic type leadership that we're talking about here we're possibly potentially stunting this person's growth and development career wise that's now that's interesting that's deep that is yeah. and of course an unfortunate fact or truth is that does show up along racial lines <laughs> now let's dig into that what have you seen in the difference um, in the way that, say, a Black manager interacts with a Black employee um, as opposed to a white manager interacting with a Black employee? What, how have those interactions shown up um, in your space as you're doing your work? You know, what, what I often hear, and just to kind of go from the side of the, the white manager to the Black employee, is a, an effort to be supportive and an effort to have empathy, but it kind of veers off track. And by that, I mean, there's so much going on that I know is affecting my Black employees that I don't want to add just one more thing on top of it. So the fact that you didn't do this well, I'm just going to not say anything because I don't want to give you an extra burden. Oh, wow. And that shows up. And I, I now, as a Black employee, don't get this valuable feedback because you were trying to protect me. And realizing that having empathy as a leader doesn't mean you're trying to fix or protect. It's about supporting and coaching and guiding. Mm. Wow. That is interesting. I, that is very, very interesting. And so when we think about, so this is the dynamic you're saying between the white manager and the black employee. But when we think about the black manager and the black employee, what have you seen in that space? 
with the black and and once again these are just kind of just statements i don't want to be overly generalized but sometimes it's a it's a matter of i get it i understand and there can be a measure of trauma bonding that takes place where it is about our shared experiences being what we focus on and not so much the workplace and what's happening in the workplace um so maybe the manager in this particular case once again makes some allowances the black manager makes allowances for the black employee because of a level of understanding you know this all really does point to having the tools and the strategies to have these very difficult conversations and step into the role as a leader as opposed to just someone who comes from a place of trying to help or trying to understand right and so as as a manager especially if i'm you know if i'm say a white manager and i don't want to add on to the trauma that my black employees have experienced and continue to experience perhaps i say something like you know i, I can't really relate to the experiences you have as a black person because i know like clearly i'm white <laughs> However, I do want to offer my support in whatever way that I can to help you get through whatever you're going through. Is that something that that's is that sort of kind of what we're talking about here? The tools that that our leaders can use to kind of help them help their employees and not really stand in the way of their growth and development in a sense. Definitely. You know, acknowledging I don't know what I don't know. And I acknowledge that I'm putting it out there. That's the elephant in the room. And I'm going to call it out. But with that being said, I do know that I may have some ways to support you. Can you help me identify those? Oh, I love it. I love it. This um, has truly been enlightening, Erica. Like I'm, I'm really, really um excited and glad that we've had this conversation because again we're not talking about trauma-informed leadership that's not something that is um you know widely talked about we talk about a lot of diversity equity and inclusion right and how to um be more inclusive and and be more sensitive to the lived experiences of um of black people um you know just the bipoc population in general, right? But we're not necessarily talking about this trauma-informed leadership and how to really uh, be supportive um, and not stunt the growth and development of the employees themselves, but um, you know, also not be punitive in a sense to where we're creating this negative work environment where people just don't even feel safe to be themselves at work. So um, I am super, super excited that we had this conversation. Um, and so in closing out, guys, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about how you as a leader can really be empathetic, but not necessarily um, again, blocking the growth and development of your employees by trying to be the savior, right? You offer your support, but you want to acknowledge that, yes, I noticed something's wrong. No, I'm not going to go straight to a punitive reprimand or making you feel like what you're doing is not enough because perhaps this is your capacity at this moment 
because of whatever it is that you're going through. And so let's talk about what extra support you need so that you can begin to function at the level I know you can and that you once were functioning at. So um, this has been absolutely wonderful. I am so glad that Erica was on our show today. You can connect with her on LinkedIn, um, on Facebook, Twitter. She is, her Twitter handle at Erica in Reed LCSWC, or you can visit her website at Erica in Reed.com. Thanks for listening to the Spring Forward Podcast. I hope you were able to capture some of the gems that were dropped and are excited to start using the information to help your business spring forward into excellence. I would love to hear some of your biggest takeaways from this episode. So connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook or tag me on Instagram at springy underscore springtime. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you'd like to learn more about how we can work together, visit the website at time2springforward.org. That's T-I-M-E-T-O-S-P-R-I-N-G-F-O-R-W-A-R-D.org. And until next time on the Spring Forward Podcast.